Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning is offered for informational purposes only. Before you make any major life changes, please seek the help of a professional or your physician before you do so. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Hi there. Thanks again for joining us for Dr. Banning's podcast, Your Best Health with Dr. Banning. Uh, Dr. Banning, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, you know, going through some changes here. Yeah, but, I noticed uh, the, office. the office. Yeah. yeah. So we're remodeling the office, and I had no office for several days. That's that's an important thing to have in your yeah. position. <laughs> no place to sit. So you'd see a patient, and then you'd kind of be like wandering around, where do I go? <laughs> so I had a little corner that they gave me a chair that I could sit in. Oh, that's Well, that's nice of them. Yeah, it's really nice. Well, today is a very special episode, and we're going to be talking about sleep and that's something I think most of our listeners or most everybody needs more of nowadays. It seems like it seems like that we're so busy. Uh, there's not enough time in the day to get done with everything we need to do. And it seems like the easy, you know, with computers, computers came along. They're supposed to save time. But now it seems like we we're at a we just need more time in our days to get done with what we need to get done. You are right. You know, there's an invention that took place. It really screwed things up. It was electricity. Yeah. Before electricity, we had candlelight. You know, we pretty much lived by the light and dark cycle of the universe. Right. You know. Yeah. And so electricity came along and then all of a sudden people are like, hey, I can work at night. I can make more money. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's a, you wear a badge of pride when you don't sleep. Yeah. You've heard the expression, sleeping is overrated. Yes, I have heard that. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, sleeping is one of the most underrated things out there. Yeah. Um, So, you know, with electricity and technology, people work around the clock and they really wait until they're exhausted, until they go to sleep Mm -hmm. and then they don't get good rest. And so the cycle continues and then it creates all kinds of issues because the creator of the universe on the seventh day rested. That's amazing to me. Yeah. So sleep connects everything because it's for regeneration. It's for repurposing. It's for refueling. It's for balance. There's a time for everything, you know, and, uh, you know, so, so good quality sleep is important, not just quantity, but quality. Why is that? Why is sleep so important? Well, if you don't have sleep, you don't have anything. And we'll talk about that here soon, but, but sleep is connected to everything. Everything needs to rest. What happens to our body when we're sleeping? I mean, is it, um, well, first of all, you know, you've got all this busy time during the day. Uh, your body goes through, you know, you eat food, you digest it, you develop waste products. Um, you've got to get oxygen to the tissues, you got to get rid of CO2. You get food to the tissues. You got to get rid of the waste products. I mean, all the building, repairing, t- 
tearing down, all that um, creates waste. And so your body has to get rid of it. It has to repair cells. It has to um, get rid of dead cells. It has to get ready for another day of wear and tear or of life. And so if your body is, is not regenerating or repairing or growing, then your life's going to stink. So sleep is necessary for that. Um, just look at sleep deprivation. Yeah. I mean, you're talking mental illness. You're talking high blood pressure, heart attacks, Alzheimer's, depression, diabetes, obesity, and then habits that take place when you don't sleep, uh, you know. Okay. Let me ask you this. I, I, I you know, when I get home at nights, I, I do the work I have to do. Then I like to sit down and unwind. And lately, I've been watching this real scary show on Netflix. Have you? What's it called? It's called The Haunting of Hill House. Huh. Real scary. But there's a, there's a character on the show that has a sleep paralysis. So she wakes up and can't move. You know, can't do anything. <laughs> wakes up, can't move. Yeah. No sleep paralysis. Yeah. Have you heard of that? <laughs> I've heard of narcolepsy. She's like (laughs) awake and she knows what's going on around her, but she can't move. But the reason I bring that up is she goes to a sleep specialist and he tells her that uh, while she's asleep, her muscles shut down so that they could be repaired. And I thought, is that true? Yeah. Everything needs repair. I mean, every cell in your body needs oxygen. It needs nutrition. um, It needs water. It needs all that stuff. So how do you deliver it? Well, you deliver it through digestion and the blood supply. Well, now that you got it there, it's like this. Um, you know, when you go to the bathroom, do you need a septic tank or do you just go in a little place in your house? I just go in a little place in my house. In the corner of your house? Yeah. So <laughs> No, I'll call it the bathroom. Yeah. So, so after a while, what happens? <laughs> stuff starts to pile up, right? Yeah. So that's when you get out the uh, the pitchfork and you, that's you the pitch old the manure days. out of your house. <laughs> That's well, terrible. That's a that's a, a silly analogy, but you know, we we buy groceries, we consume when our bodies go through the metabolic processes of all the digestion and utilization of the energy and oxygen. There's waste. Yeah. So waste has to be dealt with as much as the the food, and and we get rid of waste when we sleep. Okay. In our bodies, <clears throat> one one good example here, and we're going to go all over the place, but. Um, you know, your body has a system that's used for getting rid of waste, and that's called the lymphatics. And your liver works together with that. But the lymphatics drain the space between your cells. You, know, you got all these cells, these billions of cells. All right. But between the cells, it's called the in, intercellular space. Between the cells, there's a lot of fluid. It's called extracellular fluid. Well, when the cells process all their food and their water and their oxygen it gets put out in the intracellular space and the lymphatics drain that and so the lymphatics will drain it and put it into your digestive tract or into the bloodstream and it goes out as as pee or poo so and does that happen while we're sleeping yes okay it happens out throughout the day okay i see okay so this is the thing though with your brain your brain doesn't have enough room it doesn't have lymphatics in it so it has a different way of getting rid of toxins. And so when, when you go to sleep at night, your brain is actually 90 more, 90% more active. When you're wow. awake, 
it's about 10% active. Really? Yeah, because it's got all this stuff it's got to do. So your brain actually shrinks, okay? And when your brain, the size of your brain shrinks, the thickness, everything shrinks, um, there's this stuff called CSF, cerebral spinal fluid. It's, it's, it's very similar to water. It's got a little bit of electrolytes in it and maybe sugar. But it bathes your spinal cord and your brain, and you've got a blood supply to your brain, but you do not have a lymphatic system to drain and detoxify your cerebral spinal fluid or the waste products metabolism in your brain. So there's these things. This is a pretty hot topic right now with Alzheimer's or depression or just brain dysfunction. They're studying this protein called amyloid B, and amyloid B placking is like a direct cause of Alzheimer's. So guess how your body gets rid of amyloid? Let me go over. Amyloid B plaque is like a protein fragment. A normal body will generate that. Okay. A normal healthy body will get rid of it through the cerebral spinal fluid. And so what you have inside of your brain, you've got these ventricles, just like your heart, and you've got these little aqueducts that flow through your brain that have that cerebral spinal fluid. Well, when your brain shrinks, those aqueducts, the ventricles become much larger. And so what happens is this acts as a clearing system for many of the toxins that are generated in your brain. And people that don't get rid of these can develop Alzheimer's. And so our body gets rid of a lot of toxins in the brain, specifically B amyloid protein, and gets rid of it. Hmm. And so that's our own brain detox system. But guess what it happens during sleep? The brain detox system works, works at sleep because the, the brain shrinks and there's more, more openings for cerebral spinal fluid to bathe and to uh, get rid of all the, the junk that's up there in the brain. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. It really is. Yeah. So, so that happens during sleep. What else is sleep good for? I know, I know if I don't get enough sleep, I'm, I'm groggy. Uh-huh. Um, just don't, you know, I don't feel up to par, yeah. so to speak. So I know everybody knows that if you don't get enough sleep, you feel that way. Right. What is that? Is that just inner lack of... Well, you know, everything needs rest. Yeah. Everything needs rest. Try going without rest. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So if you go without rest, what happens is all of a sudden... It stresses out your nervous system, right? Right. And so what happens when, you're, when your nervous system is stressed, it puts you in a fight or flight mode. So you don't have that balance. There's, there's a part of your system, your nervous system. Just remember, your nervous system controls every cell, organ, tissue, and system of your body. Okay. Literally, it controls it. So if your brain is stressed, either by a trauma or an injury or by a a death in a family, any kind of perceived stress will have an effect on your nervous system. If you have enough stressors combined, accumulated over a lifetime, your body will go through this, it's called a general adaptation syndrome. Hans Selye formulated this. He was, uh, gosh, back in the 1930s. But he would notice that there would be an alarm set off. You know, like, hey, there's an alarm, fight or flight. Uh, say, you know, someone comes in here with a gun. 
Okay. That would be an alarm. Yes, it would. Yeah. Yeah. So our heart would be racing. Our eyes would be dilated. All the blood would go from our digestive tract to our muscles. You know, our immune system would shut down. Um, sexual function would stop all that stuff to address the problem at hand. Now, whether it's to fight or to run or to sit there and wet yourself. Yeah. That's probably what I would do. But that's the alarm phase. Okay. So we go through these alarms. But the thing is, is if we're healthy, we can ebb and flow through the alarm phase. And when we come home to see our kids, it's like, hey, how you doing? Sit Sit on dad's lap. Let me read you a story. Now, that's not alarm phase. That's not, not at all. That's love. That's growth yeah. and repair. Um, that's nurture. That's the other side of the nervous system. So accumulated stress, our brain doesn't know the difference between a gun pointed to our head or financial difficulties, relationship difficulties, just different stresses like that. And so that can put you into that alarm phase. Now, after we're in an alarm phase for a little while, say six months, we develop a resistance phase. The resistance phase is where your body's starting to develop deficiencies and it's starting to affect your health. Like you might have issues sleeping, you might have issues with your energy, or if you're in fight or flight, sympathetic dominance, it shuts off all the digestion. It shuts off all sexual function. It shuts off growth and repair. Um, It shuts off a lot of normal growth and repair processes that take place with a parasympathetic. So if that continues, what kind of health are you going to have? Not good. Right, exactly. So when you don't get sleep, that's what happens. And then you get this resistance phase, and as it goes on for, say, a year, a year and a half, you get the exhaustion phase. Exhaustion is where everything's exhausted. You have no energy. You have no libido. You have no sleep. Um, these people become very anxious. They get heart arrhythmias. Their body is just failing. So this is somebody that dies in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Or you know, lack of sleep uh, accumulation leads to heart attacks. So sleep's really important. It's, it's. I don't. I can't express how important it is and how little attention is given to it. Yeah. By people. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, let me back up for a second because you said something that just just grabbed my attention. A few minutes ago, you spoke of the fight or flight, the alarm system. And then you said somebody that's been that way for six months. Yeah, uh, there's an alarm phase, there's a resistance phase, and then there's an exhaustion phase. Okay, I'm thinking if somebody walked in with a gun... I would be in alarm phase. Yeah. But after the cops came, everything was cleared up. Everybody was safe. Would, would I still be in alarm? No. If you were healthy, you would, we call it neuroplasticity or heart rate variability, those types of things where your body can flux and change to adapt to its, its uh, environment. So, you know, when you go with your children and you read a story to them, yeah. and you love on them, you put them to bed. That's awesome. But but the sad part is there's a lot of people that are stressed and wired and tired 24-7. Yeah. And so those people aren't getting rest. And so, you know, we talked about something else, too. We, we can talk about the circadian rhythm. Okay. It's basically a cycle that your body goes through. Um, it's a cycle that your body goes through in relation, in relation to the... 
the sun and the earth. So when the, when the earth rotates one revolution, that's a cycle. So you have light with the sun, you have darkness with the sun being gone. And so your every biological system has a circadian rhythm. And if your body is not stressed or if it's in balance, in harmony with the earth, the stars, the sun, all that, the light and the dark, um, you'll sleep well, your body will repair and recover for the day. The problem is, is people alter their environment. You know, they might stay up late at night till three o'clock yeah. eating junk food, watching a bad movie. Um, they might be out partying or they just might be out having fun, watching a late movie, eating popcorn. Over time, everybody's body, um, our environments can change and it can affect the way we sleep. So sleep is a, it's a, it's a balance between you and your environment. So, you know, if you're in fight or flight, you're not going to sleep. So what happens is cortisol, uh, they measure levels of cortisol in a healthy person. Cortisol um, is secreted by your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. It's it's part of the endocrine system. It's housed in your brain. And so what it'll do is your cortisol levels will go up around seven in the morning, which is when you should sleep. Now, I'm a morning person. When I get up in the morning, I am so at peace. I have such good, solid energy. My mind works. Everything is great. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then what will happen is you'll have ups and downs with the cortisol. But as time goes in the evening, if you're on a good, healthy circadian rhythm, your cortisol levels will go down. That'll help you sleep. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So when someone's flipped upside down or they're not in rhythm, they don't sleep at night. They get up in the morning. Their cortisol levels are low. They're tired. Can you mm-hmm. imagine being tired after a night's sleep? <laughs> it has. Yes, okay? yes, it does. I know. And then at night, guess what? They are wired. Yeah. They can't sleep. Okay. So this is a big deal. And so, you know, we look at blood sugar spikes and lows. Um, Blood sugar spikes and lows would be, you know, if you eat a meal that is rich in simple carbohydrates, uh, simple carbohydrates increase your blood sugar. And so, you know, that affects your pancreas. Your pancreas kicks out insulin. Insulin's a bully in a playground. Yeah. It'll control everything else. So when that happens, guess what? You're going to put blood sugar. It's going to be stored as fat. Okay? So that's going to make your liver work. And then what will happen is when that blood sugar goes down, your adrenals have to kick in because the blood sugar goes too low. That's called hypoglycemia. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And so what happens is your adrenals are a backup system for too low blood, blood sugar that's too low. Your brain senses it, sends a signal to your adrenals, and your adrenals increases um, the adrenaline, and that increases your blood sugar. Well, guess what? (laughs) You're going to be wide awake. Yeah. Yeah, so fluctuating (laughs) blood sugar is not good. So what you want to do is you want to avoid eating uh, carbohydrates and junk food three hours before bed. You talk... 
You talking about French fries, donuts, breads, breads? Yes, <laughs> yes. Milkshakes. Come on now, all the good stuff. That's, that's my bedtime snack. Yeah, and the holidays. All are the coming. good stuff. Yeah, the holidays are right here. You know, um, so I mean, there's just so much stuff that that happens. You know, and you know, the stress center in your body takes place in this HP axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. That's right where your limbic system is. That's where your emotions, your desires, and your passions are. So that system controls digestion, your immune function, your mood, your emotions, your sex drive, your relationships, energy stored versus energy expended. And it just creates all kinds of havoc. If you okay. Don't get sleep. That's a good tip then. So for three hours before bed, we should cut out the junk. Good luck with that if you're, <laughs> if you're a foodaholic. Yes, I know. Yeah. So what, what, what could we replace that with? Carrots? Carrots? <laughs> I don't mind a good uh, carrot every once in a while. How about some kale? No, I'm just no. kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I know a lot of people are just like, are you kidding me? But, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good things that you can do to improve your sleep. Um, okay, good. That's that's what I'm that's the the what I'm excited about talking talking with you about is how or, or give give us some some really good tips for improving our sleep habits. Well, and I know, you know, there's basic stuff like we just talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are going to have to do a lot more than other people. Um, if you're really having a difficult time sleeping, if you have diabetes, if you have blood pressure issues. In other words, if you're hearing me talk about sympathetic dominance and your whole body is sympathetic dominance, if you're in the exhaustion phase, you need to do a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. But in general... Um, you know, what you want to do is you, you may want to turn off your lights, dim your lights as, as the day goes, um, you know, um, so go ahead. This would dimming your lights. We don't have that function in our house. I know a lot of people have, have dimmers. Okay. You can shut, 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 shut a lot of the extra peripheral lights off. Okay. Just, just kind of darken the place a little. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's a good tip. I've never thought of that because we keep the lights bright usually until bedtime. Yeah, like isn't there a song like "Turn the Lights Down Low"? <laughs> there like is. There's a few songs like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Maybe lock the doors and turn them lights That's, down low. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was looking. That was for. a free song for our listener. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I bet they enjoyed it. Um, if you got your TV in your bedroom, yeah. You're not going to get the deep sleep that you need. You'll get rest, but you won't get deep sleep. Now, why? Why is that? So I know a lot of people like to go to sleep watching TV. Well, they don't get the deep, deep sleep that they need. And again, we talked about when you're younger, you can do a lot of that stuff. Right. But as you get older, around the clock, TV on, yeah. up eating at night, you know, checking a refrigerator, see if the light bulb works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, there, here's a here's a piece of cake. Yeah. Yeah. Let me fix the light bulb. Oh. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, so what you hear gets rolled into the equation of how your brain is sleeping. That's you know, interesting. That, oh yeah. Um, now, one really good thing is deep breathing. Okay, I could do that. Yeah. Now I'll do this sometimes. I live five minutes from the office. So what I'll do when I'm, I'm uh, just, I'll have fun. I'll drive and I'll say, how many deep breaths and exhales do I have to do before I get home? 
So what I'll do is I'll, I'll take a deep breath through my nose. And then you hold it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just let mine go because I was laughing. That's a serious breath. So that's all I do. I do deep, deep breathing. And see, when you take that deep breath, you ever have that deep, you don't want to hold it until you start feeling the lactic acid build up and you're having pain. There's an area where you hold your breath and it feels really good. Yeah. Don't pass that point. Gotcha. Then when it starts to get like you lose that feeling, like you start feeling like I need to breathe, let it go. Let it all go. And then stop on the exhale. Exhale fully. I mean, don't exhale till your, your pupils come out. You know, just exhale. Don't deflate. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll feel another good feeling. And just as that just as that starts to pass, taking another deep, deep breath and hold it. That is, if you do that, that's going to increase your serotonin, which is a feel-good neurotransmitter. It's also going to clear a lot of the stress hormones. Now, if you do that for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, it's going to make a huge difference. Is that something you should do right at bedtime, or is that something you should do earlier? Uh, you could do it any time during the day. Okay. Um, you know, you don't want to do it when you're working or when you're around people because you're going to think something's kind of weird. But when you're driving in your car, you can do it. Um, you know, but that's a great way to reduce stress. Um, and really, you're stimulating your, your, your autonomic nervous system, which is made of the sympathetic and parasympathetic. When you use your deep breath, when you're taking a deep breath, that's stimulating the sympathetics. Okay. And then when you exhale, that's stimulating the parasympathetics. So you're getting, um, you're stimulating both parts of that nervous system, and that's really good for balancing the nervous system out. It's good for just a lot of things. Okay. So yeah, if you're having a lot of anxiety, stuff like that, that's a really good thing to do. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's probably one of the top things that you can do. Um, don't eat sugar or carbs before bed. Now, if you need to eat something, eat a good healthy fat. An avocado. Avocado. <laughs> yes. Um, Grass-fed egg. Now, don't eat a lot of food. This is another thing. If you eat a lot of food before you go to bed, guess what it does? It pushes up on your diaphragm. And your lower part of your esophagus, and it gives you reflux. Oh, yeah. Um, some other obvious things is don't drink caffeine. Right? At, at all? Well, before, it depends on how bad you are, but I mean, bef before bed is probably not a good no, idea. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah I, cut my, I cut my caffeine off at noon yeah. every day. You know, don't drink Rockstar or Red Bull energy drinks before you go to bed. That's obvious. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do, and you can do this along with your uh, your deep breathing, is try reading an hour before you go to bed. I do that every night. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, I do that every night. That's yeah. how I rely. That's how I wind down. And then you can get a personal light uh, that you can dim a little bit and lower the light, uh, that kind of thing. Okay, this brings up a very important question for me. Okay. I know that you're not supposed to use devices such as your iPad mm -hmm. or uh, phone at night because mm -hmm. of the the light it emits. I have a Kindle that doesn't. It, it's got um, it it supposedly has a different type of light inside that's mm -hmm. not supposed to 
energize you like yeah. a like a blue light does but it's still an electronic screen and that's how i read at night now it's very dim you know my wife a lot of times the room will be dark she won't even know i'm reading it's so dim but mm-hmm. what about what about that kind of electronic screen is that okay um you know i don't know uh i know there's certain lights like fluorescent lighting yeah really screws with your brain really screws up your brain the normal patterns yeah. of your brain, that the waves, the brain waves and stuff. But one thing, you know, like what is it called? The uh, you have you little you have a little satellite station where you've got all your devices. What's that thing called? You know, it, the wireless uh, frequency. Yeah, that the fills, Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi that fills your whole home up. Yeah, um, that currency can disrupt brain waves. I did not know that. Yeah, and then there uh, your your cellular devices. Um, you know, it says in your contract when you purchase like a, like an Apple phone mm-hmm. or a phone that has a pretty strong battery in it. Yeah. It says to hold it one inch from your ear. Nobody knows that. The reason they say that is because it has been known to cause cancer. Right. I, I've heard of that. Yeah. And so I have something called a, uh, energy to light. It basically takes that frequency and converts it to light. It's just a little sticker I put on my phone. It's made by Erconia, who is like the number one leader in in lasers. Okay, cold level lasers. I've got I've got two lasers at my office, but they also produce those. You just put it right over the antenna, and you know, if you sleep with a cell phone right next to you, it's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. Um, things like that. That's so, a yeah. habit. I do. Yeah. I've got yeah. mine on my nightstand right next to my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The energy to light is a really good product for it reduces the micro frequency um, by 70%. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, gosh, exercising. Exercising is really good to help you sleep, but you need to do it early in the morning mm-hmm. or probably at least three hours before bedtime. Yeah, that's that's what drives me nuts about these 24-hour gyms. I drive by on my way home sometimes and see people just work and work and working out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that can't be good for, for going home and going to bed. No, it's not. But some of them are, you know, night shift people, and that's a whole other ballgame. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah. Um, because light, sunlight, artificial light, any kind of light makes it difficult for your body to sleep. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Now, there are certain lights. Uh, they call it monochromatic lighting. Now, this is, <clears throat> there's a couple of things that I haven't really studied here, but I do know they've been used, and I want to use it at, at my house. Monochromatic lighting, um, for some reason, the brain likes a one light wavelength. It does better with that. Okay. And green light, they've discovered, is really good for helping the brain sleep, getting the brain in a, 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 a position to start sleeping better. Where do you, where does somebody get something that, is it just a, like a, a different kind of light bulb? Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a green light, just like a red light or, or things like that. Huh? Um, so yeah, those are, those are some things that can be used. And so as your body sleeps, it goes through these cycles, um, with a circadian rhythm you know, your body is continuously working through the different organ systems, cleaning them out, turning them on, turning them off. And so it's like a clock. Uh, acupuncturists, uh, Chinese medicine, 
recognizes this. Uh, they talk about the different meridians. Those are those are energy pathways in the body. Okay. And there are specific pathways that connect an organ um, to each period of time in a 24-hour day. And so we call it the chi. The, they yeah, I've they heard call that. it the chi. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. It's energy. It's 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 a different way of looking at your body's energy. But there's energy meridians that go out all through our our body through different organs. And so, say you know, typically you'd go to bed at ten o'clock. Okay. And you get up at seven. Right. So if you look at that cycle. At 10 o'clock, that's your thyroid and your adrenal. Those are kicking in. Those are energy glands. So if you're waking up or if you're having a really difficult sleeping from like around 10 o'clock, that's a sign that your your energy glands aren't working, your thyroid and your adrenal. Okay? Interesting. Then as you go on the next couple of hours, um, the next meridian that's uh, that's working in your body is a gallbladder. Okay. And gallbladder is responsible for, for helping with your sugar metabolism and, and your fat metabolism. And so you could be having issues with uh, your blood sugar. Okay. Then the next is the liver. That's also blood sugar. Okay. That would be at around 2 o'clock. Then um, as things go, you go into your lungs, your large intestine, your stomach, and uh, usually large intestine stomach by that time it's it's you know it's seven in the morning that's when you should be getting up but that is that that's part of that circadian rhythm that's determined by the sun and the, and the moon okay it's pretty crazy i know well there's a lot to it yeah there is so much we don't know about sleep we don't even know what rem sleep does and, and that's when we dream yeah i mean we know some of the things that take place when we sleep but um, there, it's, it's an area that needs to be studied quite a bit. And there's certain noises. There's this noise they call a, a delta burst wave that you can listen to. And it will put you into REM sleep. But the REM sleep is where your body repairs quite a bit. You, your body will go through these cycles of sleep. It'll go through a, a restful sleep. Then it'll go into the deep sleep. And then it wakes up and it goes back into the restful sleep. Then it goes back into the deep sleep, and it just goes through these cycles. So, you know, it's just everything seems to be cyclical. Yeah, it looks like there's there's five stages of sleep. I'm I'm looking at a, at a, a pamphlet you you gave me previously. Yeah, they they basically boiled it down to three phases now. Oh, okay. The first two phases are similar way. They, what they do is they look at your brain waves, and they can tell if your brain waves when you're awake are similar to the ones when you're resting. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar. Okay, but obviously, if you're, you know, you're up and standing and moving around versus laying in bed, that's that's a form of rest. So laying in bed without being asleep is still a, a form of rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does, is that helpful? Because I yeah. don't. <laughs> well, the thing is, is this. I'm going to say this. It's part of the whole sleep thing. So yeah, you got to get from being awake to being into the deep sleep. Okay. You know, and so, so it's helpful. Goes, yeah, it goes through these. It's these, just a stop on the map of a good night's sleep. I know. Yes, yes. And there's something called, again, I'm throwing a lot of stuff out here, but we could talk forever. There's a, there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system, which is responsible for your attention or your alertness. Okay. And so what it allows you to do is stay awake during the day 
to solve problems, to just do whatever you need to do to, to be alert. And then as you go to sleep, that system shuts down. Okay. Yeah. So gotcha. you're no longer as alert. Your, your, your body's starting to look inward and get busy. The, the, the thing that's so hard about sleep is this. It takes discipline, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, for me, like, gosh, I mean, I need to go to bed around 10 o'clock, 1030. Mm-hmm. And I need to get up around seven o'clock. And they say sleeping in doesn't do the body that much good. You can't make up sleep that you've lost. I've heard that in the past too. Yeah. And so, so what I'm thinking is, okay, so I just created some stress on my body by doing that. Really? Yeah. And so if you do that on a regular basis where you, you know, get a sleep deficit, that's where you start getting into these, you know, these levels of resistance and exhaustion where people really experience a lot of ill health. So, you know, I mean, if you're not getting sleep, that's something that you could really focus on Yeah, to get healthier. Well, our conversation with, uh, about sleep went extra long. So we're going to, we're going to take a break. We're going to stop right here for this week. Dr. Banning, we'll be back uh, with the second half next week. Of sleep. Of sleep. Second half of the awesome. sleep episode next week. And we may even come back with another episode because yeah. there's so much to cover. Well, yeah, sleep affects your energy for sure. Your energy systems and your libido and a lot of infertility results from lack of sleep. It's so important. Yeah. Next week, uh, the episode we're going to have, we're going to cover uh, tips for, for getting a good night's sleep. Or we're going to wrap up and we're going to cover, uh, we're going to kind of recap everything that we've already discussed as well. So it's good, good stuff coming up next week. Thanks. Sweet.